I'm Duncan McLeod and this is the Tech Central Show. We're at the JSE in Sandton today for Telcom's annual results for the 12 months ended 31 March 2023. And I'm joined now by Sarami Tokabong, who's Group CEO of Telcom. Sarami, it's great to see you. Always good to see you again, Square. Now, literally five minutes before we sat down to talk here, MTN issued a press statement in which they indicated that they are interested or potentially interested in a deal, saying it'd be good, good for the stakeholders and shareholders of both organizations. You've had a chance just briefly now to look at MTN's statement. What do you make of it? Well, I think conversations with MTN, even though we ended, would be ended. Mm -hmm. If you look at the intrinsic design behind what the proposition talks to, um, it's something that will always make sense for, for both parties. So I think it's for us to find that landing space um, and see where we can go. Mm -hmm. Like I said in, 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 in my presentation, there are suitors coming around. Uh, we do have an iBoard. And the iBoard will evaluate each proposition based on its merits to say what can really take Telcom forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're presenting the results for Telcom in a year's time in uh, June 2024, is this going to be a very different business? Is it going to be owned by somebody else? No, I think it, uh, it, it's going to be a, a different business, but in the way that we are executing ourselves. Yes. So, you know, let's be critical and honest. We've talked about Value Unlock. Mm -hmm. for over six years. It has not happened to the level that the market expects it. Why is that? I think the key thing for me is the intrinsic businesses in telecom, to get that value to be unlocked, you had to make them standalone. Mm -hmm. So the OpenServe process, for example, took three years mm -hmm. for OpenServe to end up being a standalone business. Yeah. So now that that job is being done, your conversations are far, far easier. Mm -hmm. So if somebody wants to talk to us about an infracore business, mm -hmm. It's not a muggled in in the top call. It's a direct conversation with 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 with, with OpenServe. Equally, for us to then be able to transact the towers, because it's a standalone entity, they're now easier to unleash uh, mm -hmm. that value. So, for us, it would have been really about creating more value uh, and making sure that we, we we deliver on things like free cash flow and top line. Yes, um, and make sure that we attack as a far stronger telecom than a. So would your preference then be for Telcom to bring in strategic equity partners for some of its underlying businesses rather than having a wholesale sale of the business to another operator, say to an MTN? Absolutely. Okay. I think it's, it's, it's all about price. You know, mm -hmm. if, if somebody comes and offers Telcom 100 Rand, <laughs> I think the shareholders, uh, all of them would say to me, Sarami, are you mad? <laughs> Take that. Right? Yeah. But in the market conditions that we're seeing right now, one can create more value by bringing in the strategic partners mm -hmm. to make sure, one, you get your cash generation, but also people who will be equally willing to invest with you mm -hmm. to grow the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, somebody comes at 100 Rand. Sure. What about scale, though? This is a scale game, and many people say the market in mobile in South Africa is only big enough for two operators. Yeah. Cell C has effectively exited that market. They're still around, but they're no longer an infrastructure player. Does it make sense for Telcom to, to remain in this market as an infrastructure provider in the mobile space specifically? Well, I think if you look at an infrastructure provider, where the market is going to, um, particularly with an evolution of 5G, mm -hmm. that's going to need lots of capacity from a fiber perspective, which is what we have in built in, 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 in OpenServe. If you talk about market consolidation, we've seen it happen mm -hmm. um, globally, right? And it's, it's who's the right partners uh, at, at, wide, wide, mm -hmm. at, at what levels, and also the impact of competition commission. Mm -hmm. Because whatever remedies they might want to come up with might make what looks like a PowerPoint good plan uh, a financially unviable one. Right. Right. And um, 
I mean, there's a lot of talk around potential restructuring at Telcom and, and potential shareholders. Your former CEO is looking to bid. Where where does this leave uh, at Telcom? I mean, um, let's, let's let's just assume for a moment that the MTN deal does not happen, that the, the Axion Sipo Maseko deal does not happen, the Telcom continues as it currently does yeah. in the market. Is that sustainable for the next five years? What is what is Telcom five years from now? look like without a partner, without a strategic equity partner, without an MTN buying it out? So I think the, 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 the appetite, certainly at infracode level, is there. Yes. Right? People have shown interest in OpenSurf, for example. Right? If one does not sell up to a majority, mm-hmm. but that could be a significant cash injection, mm-hmm. which will then help balance everything else. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right about scale. So in BCX, for example, um, BCX is in some big corporates, right? Yes. What we're looking for is an international partner to bring us that scale. Mm-hmm. So if we take something like uh, cybersecurity, you know, the South African market is not that that mature yeah. in an environment. BCX has actually won some contracts in going in to solve an attack and come up with more business. But that's where you're looking for that scale of partner yeah. to bring in those scales, uh, to bring in those skills. Mm-hmm. You know? If you look at the verticals that are growing in the business, you know, COVID showed us all. Healthcare is a big opportunity. There aren't any many big players who've mm-hmm. got that skill set. But if you look to India and China, mm-hmm. you've got those people who've got the speciality in an environment. So that's where the scale is going mm-hmm. to come in. I want to ask about BCX and how important it is to Telcom. Uh, when you bought the business, I think, when was it? About 10 years ago now? Eight? Yeah, Maybe yeah, not quite yeah, that long yeah. ago. Uh, 2.7 billion all cash deal at the time. Uh, the lot of, there was a lot of talk in the industry at the moment at the time of, of IT and telecoms mm. convergence. Not so much talk about that these days. Is is BCX still how strategic is BCX to telecom going forward? So I think if if you if you look at just the the layers that telecom needs to build on. Right? Yeah. So it's it's one thing to have infrastructure. So you've got fiber. You've got data centers. Right. But data centers empty are not generating much revenue. So that's a role of the like of a BCX to make sure that your occupancy and your usage, particularly mm-hmm. moving to cloud, yeah. is critical in, the, in that environment. So in terms of where we're evolving or where the technology is evolving, having the infrastructure is one thing. Having a strong sales arm mm-hmm. and also having services on top of that is the next layer. Uh, and that's the role that BCX plays for us. Mm-hmm. So BCX will stay an asset within It'll stay an asset, yeah. Right, right. And, and you're, looking, you're talking to potential strategic equity partners. Yeah. Um, I presume both local and international. Can you maybe local give us a bit of flavor yeah. as to who you're talking so to? So generally, we, we, we've mm-hmm. looked at, at, at the East. Mm-hmm. So um, China. India has been uh, India. preferred, mm-hmm. India and China, because mm-hmm. markets are, are similar to, to us in terms of the customer bases they service. Sure. Um, and, and that's where our, our natural uh, um, tendency has been. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Brand South Africa is, is, has not been helping us much. Mm. Um, and you're finding that your European investors mm-hmm. are, are not that interested, mm-hmm. whereas your Eastern in- investors are certainly showing quite high interest. Yeah. Okay, interesting, interesting. When do you think we might see some sort of news on a BCX? Well, I think you asked me a question of mm-hmm. what will these results look like next year? Yeah. We certainly will hope to okay. close that, yeah. All right, fair enough. Let's talk a bit about government because they're still your biggest sure. shareholder. They own 45% yeah. directly and, of course, they also own a stake through the yeah. PIC. Now, um, just just um, to tell me a bit about the relationship between yourself and, and I know the relationship probably exists mainly between the board and, and government, but there must have been some conversations around the MTN approach possibly around the Axion Telecom approach and the restructuring that's mm-hmm. happening. What has what the message been from the shareholder minister and others in government about 
where this business is going, what do they want to see? So what's, what's been actually quite good, Duncan, particularly with, with the new minister, mm -hmm. is, is a fuller appreciation of what telecom can do mm -hmm. to help government meet their ambitions. So if you take SA Connect, you know, the approach to the minister has been saying, but why don't you facilitate conversations between OpenServe and Broadband Infocom mm -hmm. to say, how can we better achieve these impacts? Okay. Government, why are you building data centers? You own a 55% stake in an entity that's got data mm -hmm. centers. And in fact, what you'd want to see more is sovereign data centers, mm -hmm. as opposed to sitting in an AWX store, for example. So what we're finding with the new minister is a far more positive engagement to say, okay, how can we, as telecom, yeah. owned by government, really help their digital ambitions, um, which has been very good uh, yes. conversations. Yeah. Okay, but what about from the, the, the restructuring of telecom and the introduction of new shareholders and possibly even the entire sale of the business? Yeah. Have there been conversations with government about that? Yeah. And if so, what have they been saying? So I think the key thing with, with government is, is realizing the magnitude of the stake. Um, that they have in telecom yeah. and saying that they certainly will not be looking at a significant dilution mm -hmm. but would look at a partner that says strategically build telecom moving forward. Mm -hmm. What they're not interested in is a private equity type player who's going to come and strip all the assets. Okay. So uh, they've been very clear with that. Right. Yeah. Right, interesting. Okay, but if someone came along, like an MTN, and said yeah. we want to buy 100% of Telcom's equity, do you think the government would be open to that discussion? I think if if if, if you look at what the picture of an of an MTN builds, yeah, is to say, let's just take fiber. Right, you're now going to have a South African-owned mm -hmm. leading fiber coal business mm -hmm. in the continent, mm -hmm. and I think it is that aspiration the government certainly favours. Okay. What are you doing to take this combined entity and make a more significant impact mm -hmm. on the continent mm -hmm. uh, is what is impressing government. Okay. And so you think they'll be amenable to discussions about yeah. reducing shareholding yeah. in that context? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Let's talk a bit about cost cutting inside Telcom. You announced a, a staff reduction program in February, I think it was, yeah. where, the, where you would reduce 15% through voluntary, voluntary yes. um, um, uh, uh, through retrenchments and voluntary severance packages. Yeah. Um, you've now completed that process. You've also announced in today's presentation that you're freezing the salary hikes for the next year yeah. and no bonuses will be paid either. Um, where, 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 where are you in terms of the staff complement of Telcom relative to your competition? Do you still employ too many people? Um, what, is, uh, what is Telcom staff complement going to look like in three years' time? So it's always interesting when, when comparisons are made mm. that people take the total Telcom staff and then go compare it with MTN. Mm -hmm. right. Now, MTN does not have, for instance, a BCX. Right. right. BCX, which has 5,000 employees. Or fixed lines. It doesn't have fixed lines mm. either, which has 4,500 4, employees. Mm -hmm. But if you take telecom consumer, which is the mobile business, yeah. it's sitting at just over 1,200 employees, generating a revenue of 22 billion. Mm -hmm. So that's the more fair comparison okay. that one needs to go to. That as these businesses also look to go to five and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, yes. In certain instances, as we move to more NGM, so in BCX, for example, mm -hmm. you could find that your, your managed services propositions were signed on, I sign a contract to give you a service. Mm -hmm. It's attached on bums and seats. So my 99% SLA is 100 IT engineers. Now everything's on cloud. You don't need 100 engineers. You need five mm -hmm. working from home. So as we evolve, 
that's how we start to streamline okay. the, the, the size of our business. Yeah. So are we likely to see, I mean, under your predecessor, there was wave after wave yeah. of, of uh, retrenchments and, and voluntary severance programs. Is that going to continue for the foreseeable future? For I think top? as technology moves, yeah. we'll look at those, but equally, yeah. we need to then employ newer types of, 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 of engineers. Yes. You, know, you need data analysts, yes. for example. So it's, it's going to be a balance of, of both, mm -hmm. but the evolution to technology will determine where we land up. Okay. Let's spend a couple of minutes just talking about CapEx and free cash flow, because sure. those are very important areas. Um, your CapEx spending, I noticed on mobile, was, was uh, well, well ahead of the, um, the service revenue growth and the subscriber growth in that business. Now, obviously, a lot of that was to do with load shedding mitigation and installing batteries and diesel costs and all that sort of thing. But what is the longer term prognosis for CapEx in mobile and more broadly? Yeah. I think with, with, with mobile, obviously the, the, the load shedding had an impact on us and yeah. it, it where we spent. Uh, mobile, I think, at, 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 at where we're sitting right now, we are in the midst of negotiations, of renewing our roaming negotiations with both MTN and Vodacom. Mm -hmm. And with evolution of technology like Moran and MoCan, you can look at far more efficient ways of getting your coverage as opposed to building towers. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's a good opportunity for us to do this. So it'll always be in the three to four billion um, okay. uh, spend. Your, 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 your CapEx spend in OpenServe is really about passing the last mile. Right. Right? The fiber to the home. Uh, those costs have come down from your 15,000 to about 5,000 mm -hmm. and continue to go lower. So mm -hmm. that will be the big opportunity to go with them. I think your fiber to the carrier, that is done yeah. and that funds itself uh, uh, quite easily. In BCX, there has been very low capital expenditure. It's really evolving technology from the old technology to cloud. Mm -hmm. um, it's not more than a billion mm -hmm. in the next five years. So I think our capex range is, okay. is, is, is affordable. I think the free cash flow impact in, in the short term was, of course, the, the retrenchments. Um, secondly, the spectrum allocation. And thirdly, then that investment in postpaid, mm -hmm. um, which we got our postpaid base to where we want to do. Um, and the feeling is we will focus strongly on prepaid growth, but still offer our SIM only mm -hmm. postpaid propositions, which are still active. So I see that washing out over the next 18 months mm -hmm. to get us to a free cash flow positive situation. Okay. Yeah. And if load shedding stays at stage six or gets worse, how does that impact you? Well, I think we've, we've, we've built that in now to our business plan. Okay. That is our reality. Right. Um, and, and, and how we continue to look at innovation like your, your hydro, hydrogen type uh, uh, batteries, uh, solar, uh, better lithium batteries, mm -hmm. uh, those type of propositions will continue. Yeah. So it's our reality and we will... How is crime impacting you? I know your competitors are, um, are up it, in arms over the situation. It is, it is significant. So yeah. battery theft is, is, is quite big. Hmm. You know, um, How big? Listen, I think we've replaced close to 1,800 batteries in the last six months. Stolen? Stolen. In six months? Yeah. 1,800? Yeah. How much do these batteries cost? So they go from like uh, 150 to 250,000 bucks. You're kidding? Yeah. So That's shocking. Some of the things, it's, 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 it's actually so bad that, you know, when, when, so we've, we've all now invested in putting an epoxy layer on, on, on the batteries, yes. right? But when the guys then come and find that layer, uh, they then damage the entire base station. Right. So now have to pull from scratch again. So it is, it's just, an on, but we're working with the say, police and the army to try and see how can we make sure that protection on these sites is better. Are you confident you're going to win this war? We will. We'll have to win this war because I think. But no choice. What we're also seeing as well is a lot of, 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 of our communities are beginning to realize the impact of this. That, mm -hmm. hey, you steal a battery, 
we got big calls. Mm -hmm. So communities are now actually uh, contributing to making sure that huh? the high safety is not that bad. Okay, yeah. okay. Let's come back to uh, free cash flow. 2.7 billion rand negative free cash flow in the in the financial year. Um, I, I, I'm guessing that was a lot to do with high handset financing. Yeah. Um, so you were um, subsidizing a lot of handsets going to so contract subscribers or just it's an upfront cost? It's, that it's, it's, it's accounting treatment. So okay. unfortunately, if, if, if in, in, the, in the new IFRL system, if you buy uh, an iPhone yes. at 41,000 bucks, right, that hits our cash flow. Yes. But we can only recognize the value over the tenure of the contract. And we've seen more contracts now becoming 36-month contracts. Sure. So that big upfront investment is what hits you. Why did uh, it spike now, though? Because we intentionally actually went to go after our postpaid base. Our postpaid oh. was 10% uh, of our base okay. uh, compared to our competitors at 16 to 20%. Okay. So it was for us to say, at least with the postpaid, you've got kind of like more annuity income mm -hmm. um, for that. So it was an intentional attack to go and grow our postpaid base uh, mm -hmm. a bit. Uh, but obviously, the accounting treatment and the impact of the cash flow and, yes. and obviously currency as well, because those devices are mostly yeah. imported and, mm -hmm. and, and, and. Okay. So Rami, unfortunately, we are, I'm being told we are out of time, but uh, thank you so much for always, taking the time always, to always, always talk to TechCentral this morning. Always it's uh, much appreciated and hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up in some more detail soon. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers.